You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nutmeg Arena podcasts or the TNA podcasts as we say. I'm Rajvik, the host for the show today. We have two guests on the show today with us, Karan Tejwani and Rahul Warrior. They are the founders of the football site The Football Chronicle. A really amazing site that you can follow for amazing football content. Yes, they have put a hiatus to the site now, but they used to produce some really amazing content. So they're also into football, I mean football journalism or journalism studies in general. So let's go to the podcast now. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, guys, Karan and Rahul. Uh, pleasure having you at the Nutmeg Assist podcast. So how are you guys doing? Uh, thanks for having me on with Vic. Um, I'm doing fine. I mean, we are. I think with everything that's happening, I'm at home, so I think it's the best place I could be right now. Yeah, pretty much the same. Doing well. Uh, not much going on, but oh well, we can figure something out eventually. So yeah, yeah, great. So probably the virus probably came uh, at the wrong time. You know, I mean, China already had it, I guess. Uh, at the rare end of uh, 2019 probably in november i guess it was in november when uh, we started hearing about it uh, coming into the picture in china yeah uh, and i mean it's, it's kind of spread like wildfire and it, it, it's i guess probably the worst thing to happen in the last 100 years and <laughs> yeah and probably it came at the wrong time uh, because football was getting so much entertaining and we were in the rare end of the season as well champions league knockout stages moving on to you know their dead end and a lot of amazing and interesting football games and we also have a lot of leagues which were also heating up especially the bundesliga uh, the la liga and the serie a also with lazio being you know kind of a title contender this season and it all had to you know stop at a really really bad time so probably we'll be without football maybe in the next 2 3 months and i i i don't know it might even go on longer uh, we we we, do, we don't have a i i guess a return date a specific return date for any leagues but i kind of heard a rumor or some news i i read something um, a couple of hours back where they are planning to resume uh, football in italy uh, maybe mid may or you know at the end of may so but you 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 never know what's going to happen so you know how, how i mean uh, my question for you guys would be what is you know your thought, what what are your thoughts on the season so far and how in- interesting and entertaining has been the football this season um i'll start with this um i th- i felt the season itself was pretty good because um Well, not because it's just normally pretty good. You know, football was nice. Uh, I think for the first time in a long time, all of the leagues except England were pretty competitive. Uh, even in France, where we see PSG, and you know, it's not a surprise that PSG are doing so well. But even in France, where uh, Marseille and all that were doing pretty well for themselves, so it was pretty nice. I started following the Bundesliga more often this season, and I think that's probably the best football I've seen anywhere in the world this year. So it's a bit of a shame to see it. uh halted but it was eventually the right thing to do it's not logical to have uh large gatherings for a football game while there's a pandemic going on so um obviously we hope it comes back soon but 
and I hope the season does end, does come to an end rather than actually being voided because voiding it is incredibly unfair to the good teams and it just rewards the mediocrity of the poor team. So, you know, a bit of a shame, but it's the right thing to do eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, football, like, like Karan said, football is exciting every year. But this season, even even the Premier League, um, as, as a Manchester United fan, it's been up and down, but then there's been a lot to be positive about. And I mean, just before the ban, we were we had good results. We um, in the FA Cup quarterfinals, we beat uh, Manchester City, and um, we also beat we thrashed. Um, who do we play in the Europa League? Um, I think last, it's yeah, last, last, so, last. Yeah, so it's going well, but you know. At a time like this, football has to take takes a backseat. It's end of the day, it's a business and it has a huge impact on a lot of communities. But it's a sport and and it's a medical, it's a pandemic right now. I mean, and as for you know, I don't think I feel this should not void the league because you know what do you do, what where do you go from that? And you know, football from if you void the league, then in the future games. How can you trust the result? You know, if you win, if you're leading, but then at any time the result could just be stolen away from you. I think it lose that credibility. But you know, it's still early days, and who knows? I mean, the football like associations they can't do anything. You know, it's up to the government, it's up to the situation to to get better. And I don't think we'll be having football for at least two months. Yeah. And then that's really a shame as well because, uh, like I said, we were starting to see some really tough competition um, in the you know top end of every league as well as the bottom end because relegation is also as as probably much important as as you know the title race or something. And uh, probably we've seen some entertaining football, like Karan said. Uh, the Bundesliga has been really really amazing this season and. Leipzig especially has really, really, uh, you know, been impressive. They have also, they are also one of the title contenders this season. Gladbach as well. Uh, Dortmund, um, like, okay, they, they, they've kind of been uh, having mixed results and probably, I mean, of, uh, of late, they've been struggling quite a bit, probably, I'd say. Favre also struggling, probably. I, I'm not sure if he's going to, I mean, if football hadn't stopped, uh, there was a big uh, doubt on his future as well. But Bayern Munich under Hansi Flick, they've been really, really exceptional. Uh, especially Alfonso Davies at left back. He's been amazing this season. One of the best fullbacks in football yeah. right now, I'd say. And yeah, so probably for you guys, who who do you pick as the you know, most entertaining team? And also the most entertaining player to watch this season. I'd say Leipzig, as you mentioned earlier, because I've started watching Leipzig more often this season. Um, because they've hired probably the best young manager in the world at the moment, who has a set philosophy, who has a philosophy that suits all of the Red Bull clubs. It He's implemented so well, and their signings have been actually exceptional because they, when you consider the players they've signed, they signed... Patrick Schick in the summer. They signed Christophe Nkunku in the summer as well in the Angelino. These are players that haven't done too well at their previous clubs. So it was Roma, Manchester City for Angelino and PSG for Nkunku. So they took rejects 
um, well, don't want to say rejects exactly, but they took players that weren't given the best of opportunities and they made a championship-worthy team. And they've done well in every competition they've played. If you watch the game back in February when they played uh, Schalke, was it, I can't remember if it was February or March, but it was February March, and they played Schalke, and it was probably the best football I've seen this season by a single team because it was so dominant, and they won 5-0 away from home despite playing three days ago away at Tottenham. So, you know, you can, that sort of dominance was unparalleled. And I felt they were the best team in Germany uh, until, say, about January or February when they started falling away in the title race. So I'd say they were definitely my favourite team this season to watch, and it was certainly enjoyable. I'm going to yeah. give a sh- Yeah, I mean, I'll give a shout to Atlanta. Um, you know, whatever football uh-huh. I've, I've seen, they've been just so good to watch. And, you know, just... It is they just keep scoring goals in the Syria. They have, I know they have scored the most goals by a fair bit, and even in the Champions League. I mean, you know, when I watched them play Valencia, they just kept they just kept attacking. Even you know in the second leg when you think they just play for to to get like maybe a one nil two nil win and you know just kill the tie, they just kept going for goals. Joseph Bilicic has been just incredible. Um, you know, one like the the Ducent adage of the season, as you know, um, a footballer <laughs> just at the end of his peak. But you know, it seems like he's just hitting his peak right now. I mean, Ilicic is 32, and he scored five goals in that across two legs in that Valencia tie. So yeah, I think Atlanta have been really entertaining, and you know, it's it's been a great season for them, especially as they lost their first three. Champions League games, no one thought they'd be qualifying for the playoffs. And now they are in the quarters if it goes ahead. I think it's it's a shame for them. It could have been, you know, an incredible story. Yeah, and uh, you know, rather than picking out a single player from you know both the teams that you guys mentioned, both Leipzig as well as Atalanta, it's it's their managers and their philosophy that's probably you know, the standout uh, thing, uh, I mean, the common thing in in both these clubs that you mentioned, Nagelsmann as well as Gasparini. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, and Mourinho, I guess, was, uh, you know, in I mean, he was praising Gasparini very recently, uh, saying that while he was managing Inter, you know, Gasparini was that manager uh, against uh, whom he found it really, really tough to go. So you know that 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 actually you know speaks a lot about Gasparini as well. I, th- I mean, I did a podcast with uh, David Amoyal, you know, probably two weeks back, and he was also mentioning to me that uh, Atalanta was always kind of you know mid-table club, but last two seasons they've been really really amazing, especially and that 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 is definitely to be seen in the Champions League this season as well. So yeah, th- that's really uh, amazing. Both, both these teams have been really really uh, amazing as entertainers as well. And uh, as for Leipzig, you have a lot of good players. Upamecano, who's a really, really amazing young talent centre-back. Yep. And yeah, he has a huge, huge release clause, I guess 100 million euros or something. But yep. yeah, he has a huge, I mean, as good, as good as the price tag, he has a huge you know, bundle of potential yep. as well. And when you consider who they buy them from and how much they buy them for... Absolutely, to make them yeah. this good is actually an incredible job. I mean, people people rightly get a lot of or give a lot of anger towards RB Leipzig for you know spoiling the game or whatever. But when you consider the model and what they've done, 
it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, you have to credit uh, Ralph Ragnick also for that. Yep. He's, he's been he's been a major you know part of that whole setup there. Timo Werner, another player who's been attracting interest from England, especially, and he's been like uh, you know uh, advertising himself. He was advertising mainly for the Premier League clubs, and God knows where he'll end up. Uh, probably when the transfer market is open. Uh, and Marcel Sabitzer is another player who's probably uh, I, I'd say he's uh, under the radar because he, he's a really really uh, impressive footballer and yep. with the likes of Werner and Lupo Meccano impressing he gets less uh, spotlight and he's he's a really really good player in my opinion Sabitzer and that that's another player who's really impressive there and yep. Rahul has yeah Rahul has especially picked out players from especially Ilicic from Atlanta as well so yeah so these two are probably yeah really good entertainers as for me i would also go with uh, leipzig because i i've been really impressed uh, impressed by them nagelsmann is also one of my you know favorite modern day coaches as well because because of his work with uh, hoffenheim so yeah that's that's it yep, with the enter- that's that's with the entertainers probably and if you, if you had to pick uh, a ballon d'or winner right now I mean, don't don't tell me Messi or Ronaldo uh, because we'll probably leave both of them out. Uh, but if you had to pick a Ballon d'Or winner and also a you know, best young player, who would you guys go with right now if the season was to end right now? Uh, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? <laughs> because the season has been cut off. But yeah. it would probably have to be one of the Liverpool players. Um, if I were to choose, I'd probably say Mane, but he's had a couple of... Well, he's had a bad two months, hasn't he? I mean, you could go for yeah. Lewandowski. Lewandowski as well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's a good shot. Lewandowski is a really good shot, yeah. I think it'll, it'll be tough to decide this year if, you know, there's no uh, international food, no international tournament, so... And quite limited uh, league play, so... Yeah. Who knows, yeah. Even Ronaldo had a good shout, didn't he? Because he scored in, what, 12 consecutive games, wasn't it? But we're not including him. So, yeah. yeah. It would and probably I, be Mane, I guess. Yeah, Mane, like, like you said, he's had a, you know, kind of a, a rough patch probably last month or so. After after that injury, especially, yeah. um, particularly against Atletico, both the games. I mean, the second the second leg, he was you know, quite good, but still not as good as the others, probably, I would say. Not, not the usual... Uh, standards that you expect from Sadio Mane, so yeah, yeah pro- probably that might have put him a little behind in the race. And for me, uh, you know, Virgil Van Dijk's performances last season was really, really amazing. This season as well, I'd say uh, probably a tad less than last, but he's still been really impressive for me. And mm, I don't know, I I can't probably go yeah. with him. Possibly even yeah. Bruyne, I guess. Yeah, De Bruyne is also a good shot, but I would also you know go with uh, Rahul's choice. Lewandowski for me has been absolutely amazing this season. So yeah, I would also yeah. probably go with Lewandowski for the Ballon d'Or. And we probably will move on to football journalism. So uh, both of you guys are doing your studies in journalism or you no know, related to that uh, in England. Uh, no. Probably you guys can you know, throw some shade on what uh, you know what are the things there and for probably some rookie tips that you can pass on to aspiring journalists and you know people who are probably looking you know to work in the football journalism industry especially because you guys are you guys have been writing 
football for pro- probably quite a long time now and you guys write really 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 well as well i'll co- i'll come to that uh, in a in a while but if you had some tips you know rookie tips for you know aspiring football journalists you know what would that be um that's that's a good question um okay so i study um journalism in sheffield so i i don't tips like in general i don't even have nothing much to say because i myself i'm just starting out but when it comes to you know football writing uh, i think the one tip i can give is you know just put your name out there um like just just don't limit yourself you know you can always pitch your ideas to even sides that you think you're not good enough for because you never know when you never know what sticks you know you may have an idea that some editor likes and i think initially in in football writing it's just about you know creating a niche or just you know writing and writing because there's so many writers out there and it it takes time to you know carve like to make your identity and for people to know you yeah yeah karan yeah he's he's right i'm you know i keep on much of the same but when it comes to writing itself i'd say uh probably the most important aspect of it and probably the most fun aspect of it is the research you do because you know you can you can start off looking at say for example about a spanish club and then one day all of a sudden you're right reading about the spanish fourth tier or something like that so they like the, the research is definitely fun and it's something that is probably the most important part of what you're writing because you need to get the most authentic information possible so i would say research as much as you can uh and as far as you can going into sources that would that you would normally not go to you know sometimes you have to read sources in a different language or a different style altogether so that is something that i regard very highly and it's something that i always say to other writers that completing your research is as much as is as important as actually as your actual writing skill so uh that's one thing another thing i would add is that in terms of tips is once again don't limit yourself as rahul said um you know just keep finding new stories new audiences to attend to because once you have an audience it's it's pretty easy to keep them on and it's also pretty easy to lose them so keeping their interest is uh important and also staying true to yourself and true to what you're writing so yeah that's hope that makes sense i guess but that's that's my tip yeah 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 uh, no probably uh, if if you know where to pick a probably the the worst of uh, the worst challenge for let's say the biggest challenge as a football writer you know, what, what what would you say that it would be um yeah i would ahead. say testing or not testing or finding uh, authenticity of the information you have because there's so much uh, incorrect or fake uh, news out there that it's easy to get lost or be misinformed so i guess checking uh, or confirming the authenticity of what you have is probably a pretty difficult task because you know if for example you're reading through inauthentic information and you're sharing it out there it just makes you look bad doesn't it you don't want to you don't want to misguide people so that i would say is one pretty big challenge especially now when there's so much information and so much content to consume so yeah that's mine i mean i'd say that you know i mean sitting from home and writing it it kind of limits you in what you can do because as current says the 
information, there's so much information out there, but you can't actually go and verify it yourself. And, you know, there's also, there's so much football content out there that this, if you have an idea, it's probably been done, covered before by a number of writers. So the challenge is in, you know, finding what, how you can make that better or, you know, have a new angle on it. Because, like, I've, at this point, you know, for say sites, um, sites like these football times, you know, they have such a large archive of articles on all sorts of football stories. If if you want to write on mainstream football stories, it's probably already done. So you'll have to find something different, you know. Yeah, it's. I think that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 is pretty much true because and I I, I oh, even though I'm uh, even though I'm not a football writer, I kind of try to you know put out pieces, uh, and I, I don't do that occasionally because. You know, for me, the biggest challenge is to find the motivation. So, I probably have a draft of a, a, a particular article. I mean, I started writing it in September last year and it's still not completed yet because since I started writing that, uh, I've seen a lot of articles regarding the same subject and I'm like, okay, this is already written and you know, what new, what, what more can I add? So, Finding the right piece of information, authentic information, and and to be honest, new. What what, what is new in your article? That is a really challenging thing, and you kind of lose the motivation to write after that. Uh, you know, especially these forty times. I guess they've covered like almost everything that there is. Most things, I would say, probably. So yeah, it's it's kind of a challenge, like you guys said. And. Uh... Yeah, moving on to your project, both of you guys, probably a couple of years before, or I guess it was in 2017 when you started the Football Chronicle. 2018, yeah, yeah, correct. So you guys started your own website, the Football Chronicle, where uh, you had a lot of people writing articles for you. And you guys also had a really interesting set of series, article series as well, which was really, quite really, uh, you know, Fast, quite fascinating as well. So, no, uh, and recently you guys put out that you are on a hiatus, on a long hiatus, probably. And no, now how has it been working? I mean, working probably no, probably running a website like uh, Football Chronicle, where you have a lot of people contributing articles. And how hard is it, you know, to edit all these articles? And especially finding time is. Uh, no, time is really another huge, huge factor, or I'd say, I'd say a constraint because uh, it, it's quite hard to find time to you know write, edit, and you know manage stuff. So, so how how no, how's the experience for you guys overall? It was it was mostly fun, well, not mostly. It was always fun. It was always a, a nice thing to do. It was always enjoyable. So I always mentioned that you know it was probably. Uh, one of the best things I've done because it was something I was highly interested in. I, I think Rahul can uh, resonate as well. So I wouldn't say that I thought of it as, you know, a constraint in my life or a burden that I had to do because I chose to do it myself and I chose to be a part of this. So uh, obviously writing, uh, with writing itself, there was a lot more freedom because, you know, I we were the editors and we could just do whatever we wanted. So 
as long as it fit the billing. So there was no constraint without working with people, as I said, as I've said several times online, that it was the best part because we had a large network of people with similar minds and similar ideas. We were all students. We were all, well, most of us were students. Most of us were uh, just making a break in journalism or trying to make a break in journalism. So we had like-minded people who wanted like-minded things. So uh, there was a lot of similarities in there. Um, uh, Another thing I would say is that, and I mentioned this a couple of months ago on on another podcast, that because our network, I would say, of writers was so uh, varied and so international, we had people... We had people writing for us from, say, India or Singapore, or I was in the UAE myself. We had people from uh, the UK, obviously, America, a lot of places in Europe, a couple of in Africa, a couple in Australia. So it was, it was obviously nice to interact with people from different backgrounds and see what their ideas and their stories were. And then with the content itself, we used to have stories from Norway or Canada, you know, niche stories, which is what I wanted uh, when we started the website. We wanted something that was obviously not out there because, as I said earlier, there's so much content to consume why would a reader want to read something that's already out there and something that's been recycled a thousand times on other websites? So the obvious idea was to be as unique as possible. Uh, and I believe for a large portion of time we managed to do that. I felt that towards the end when we were uh, closing down the site that we were losing that sort of identity where we were just starting to recycle pieces, which is why I felt we needed like a bit of a break. Maybe in the future at some point, hopefully we can... Uh, restart with producing uh, content online uh, but we're not sure just yet we have, we have a massive project uh, in the works so hopefully that gets announced soon as well but overall I would say it was a really fun experience and because I was on a gap year between school and uni I obviously had a lot more time than I think Rahul had military service I believe I'm not sure yeah. was it military yeah. service? Yeah it was military service so he was a lot more busy than I was but I tried as much as I could to contribute and make the site as good as it could be. So overall, I would say it was an incredibly fun experience. And obviously, working with the people was incredibly fulfilling. So I would recommend it to anyone who's trying to break into the industry, just start your own, uh, you know, your own project or just try to work with as many people as possible and grow your own network. So, yep. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, go on, Ram. Yeah, I mean, Karan's done you know, a great job. For me, as you said, you know, time is the biggest uh, constraint. And, you know, balancing my... To, as I started off, I mean, I was contributing. And, you know, we did some good, cool interview pieces with uh, um, Copa 90, you know, scouted football. and But then as, as you know, my the second half of my military service, the second, the second year, my, um, you know, it just just not able to you know do everything in a day this gets taxing and it also coincided around the time when i just stopped not able to write as much on football as before but you know still helping current year when i can but i think yeah i think now that we are both in uni you know first year is more or less done i guess it makes sense you know just to take a break to take stock and maybe in the future who knows we'll come back Yep. Great. That's great to hear because yeah, your guys, uh, your your work were, I mean, really, really amazing, and it was probably you know resonating with the people as well because I have also heard a lot of people say that 
yeah they produce a lot of amazing content and you guys were also nominated for the football content awards as well so that, that is also really really amazing really amazing yeah. work so and and it's it's uh, probably i'd say i was little bit sad that you guys were shutting shop for the time being but no no yeah, we, were like, we were too we were too seriously yeah yeah <laughs> we were i was it yes yeah because that happens because uh, probably i i could also probably relate a lot i mean lot with uh, natmeg assess because there was a time where i was also planning to you know put an end but uh, luckily enough you if you have a good team then that, that that's that's really really enough because i was also i probably started this when i was in college and as soon as i got into a job it became difficult but yeah obviously if you do something that you love you will somehow find time for it as well so yeah that's great uh, great to hear your uh, stories as well and before we wrap up the podcast we have one final topic left both of you guys support the same club manchester united and uh, your club has probably mm. been underperforming i'd say probably in the last 4 5 years probably except the first mourinho season i'd say probably underperforming uh, and this season um, the start wasn't quite uh, good as expected probably solskjaer has uh, come under a lot of criticism but he's really impressed me and not just me i think he's been really really impressive in the last couple of months especially after the loss against liverpool uh, sorry loss against burnley i'd say uh, he i mean you guys have been winning on a winning streak and doing yeah. a double doing a double over manchester city uh, that is really really amazing uh, achievement and you guys i guess also did a double over chelsea this chelsea. season so yep so yeah right when uh, you guys were really going on top and were hitting top form the season you no know, got paused and what is your uh, opinion on solskjaer and would you actually prefer him in the long term I, I, that's really a silly question to ask right now but but i'd like to hear your opinions as well i mean i, I still don't know you know for for the past few years united fans have all been wanting um at his most i mean wanting pochettino and now that he's available out there and you know i don't see any other clubs actively looking for pochettino at the moment who can actually you know afford him you know i feel you know their opportunities all always there but soldier is doing a good job and you know he's building and it, it took just one edition of bruno fernandes to lift lift the team up and you know the performances have just um gotten better it it's noticeable how the improvement is quite noticeable so i would i would say stick yeah we stick with ole because he has done i think the season has been difficult you know considering the injuries to pogba and you know now to rashford um a month ago i think it's it's not been easy but he's come out of it well and the performances have been um picking up prior to the break so yeah you know stick with him <clears throat> yeah same i would i would as actually start to grow to actually want him more than any other manager at the club you know this is the first time in about 6 or 7 years that i've actually started enjoying supporting the club before i was just you know watch the game on the weekend and get on with it when it was whatever 
But now it's just, you know, we want to see the club succeed. I want to see the club succeed and I want to see the manager succeeding. And it's a really likable group of players as well. I would say that apart from the obvious Fernandez signing, uh, every signing under Solskjaer has been really good, even if it's one who's had a minimal contribution like Dan James. I would say that players like him who aren't technically the best footballers but are able to provide a good amount of effort week in and week out. I'd say that's the sort of players every club needs. So, you know, he got that right. He got a lot of signings right. And apart from that, he's improved. Well, players themselves have improved. You know, players like Fred or McTominay or even Rashford or probably slightly, I would say, Lindelof. So there's a certain element that the club and the players and the manager, of course, want, want to succeed and do well. And I would stick with Solskjaer, even if... Uh, you know, if the season continues at some point, hopefully it does very soon, I would say that if he wins either the Europa League or the FA Cup or even just sneaks into the top four, I'd say that's worth keeping him on because I do believe there's a project at the club. You know, there's a project to uh, not just build for the next two or three years, but for the next seven or eight years, you know. And if Sancho comes in or something like that, I'd say there's a lot to look forward to ahead of next season whenever that starts. So, there's a lot of positivity going around and I'm happy to see uh, how they've improved over the last two months. Yeah, I mean, just to add on, you know, that 2-0 that win over Manchester City just before uh, football got suspended, you know, that that's at that and the PSG um, Champions League win last season as, like, you know, one of the highlights in recent years, you know, um, just, the way we, just the way we won it, you know, there's a real sense of belief that this club is going forward and, you know, it is, it is just... This is great, great to see, and it's kind of sad that that momentum has been halted. But you know, I'm sure the club will get it going again whenever football restarts. Uh, yeah, yeah I, especially, especially I at the start, I was also as a as a neutral, uh, probably not as a Liverpool fan, but as a neutral, I was a huge critic of Solskjaer early on. I probably thought that he was not tactically I mean, really good and uh, but I, I think uh, definitely he's proved me wrong and that's there to see as well with the results uh, recent results and like Karan said he, his uh, transfer record has been absolutely impressive Dan James even though he hasn't been you know, like the you know soaring high f- uh, footballer or you not know, technically even though he's not the really best but he has also made some really amazing contributions this season. And for me, uh, United's best player this season is probably one among Fred or Marcus Rashford. Uh, Rashford especially has improved a lot. He was kind of looking uh, lost uh, under uh, Mourinho, towards the end of Mourinho's spell. And he's, been, he's really picked up under Solskjaer and that's, that's really amazing. And we have a question... Uh, we have a question uh, from Anubhav, who's the founder of LRT de Football. So he has asked you guys to pick your best Manchester United eleven when the season resumes or starts. Uh, he has kind of picked. Uh, he has went with uh, De Gea, Van Bissaka, Lindelof, uh, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, and uh, McTominay, Pogba, uh, and uh, Greenwood, Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, and Anthony Martial as his as his preferred 11. As for you guys, what would your preferred 11 be when you know, the season resumes or 
even when the whole squad is fit um okay i'll take that first uh i mean i think the the main debate is in midfield you know uh obviously bruno's a starter and eventually when the season restarts pogba will be fit so you obviously need to have pogba will probably start as well but then i don't know how you um get the cohesion out of these guys because pogba and bruno haven't played together yet and you know there's matic fred and mcdominay who've um all been playing well in recent times so i know it's it's tricky i i don't know i i mean i've thought about but i mean apart from the defense um and you know having rashford up top you know martial but how do you go with the midfield and you know the wingers as well i i'm not sure but it's it's a good it's a good debate to have you know it means that the club has options at least yeah absolutely and you know it's a bit diplomatic to say but there's no one fixed uh, starting 11 you can go with because of the strengths or the weaknesses of the opposition but i would keep the same back five including the goalkeeper um the same front three of greenwood marshall and rashford and then it's a shame to see fred being dropped but i think he'd have to go eventually for uh, pogba to come in because i thought fred was the best a uh, player of the season for united solely because of how much he improved and how quickly he improved so i feel that it's a bit uh, harsh on fred to lose his place but i think he would yeah. be the one to go and that be a midfielder of pogba mctominay and uh fernandes yeah. fair enough and and nemanja matic has also improved of late uh, there was uh, uh, in those news where Uh, you know, early, early. There was an early falling out between um, Matic and Solskjaer, but since that relationship was repair, repaired, uh, Matic has been performing extremely well. Again, we are not sure if the news is true, but that's what uh, was being circulated uh, recently. And your team probably is really, really amazing right now. Uh, not, not really amazing, I would say, but. Uh, a top four finish should be the priority, and it it should be possible as well because uh, Leicester has been really poor since the start of this year. It's probably uh, the Brendan Rodgers way of you know uh, getting results. He starts off well, but then kind of you know later on goes down. So there is always a bad patch for Rodgers. And Chelsea as well. It's like an up and down for Lampard. he's done extremely well this season but they are also not you know consistently winning so top 4 is probably possible for united if the season continues and probably going into next season you guys are very highly linked with jaden sancho so that that that, yeah. that is a really you know amazing prospect sancho is really really amazing prospect and that that's a that's an entirely different discussion but I is think, that the yeah. kind of signing yeah is that the kind of signing that you guys would like at united i mean yeah sancho would be you know a great great addition he's such an exciting footballer and obviously you know having john dortmund from manchester city it would it would be quite nice you know to have uh in ex manchester city um such a amazing talent playing for united on the right but you know you don't know if I I at this point I think it would look bad for United to be spending or any club to be spending you know like 100 million on one footballer you know when 
I don't think it it look it look quite bad and so I don't know. But you know, if things eventually go back to normal, Sancho yeah would be a great addition. And in goal, you know, for me, I wouldn't mind seeing Dean Henderson uh, being given a shot in goal. Obviously, you know, I've seen a I've seen him a couple of times at Sheffield United this season, and he's such an exciting uh, keeper. Um, and it reminds me a bit of De Gea, and you know the reaction saves, um, and you know his youth, youth academy graduate as well. So yeah, those those two for me. And the final final question for Karan. Um, uh, the, the, I mean, we'll we'll uh, probably continue the point that uh, Rahul has mentioned about Dean Henderson. So Barcelona did this uh, almost uh, similar technique when they bought uh, Mark Andre Ter Stegen. So they had Claudio Bravo, who was also really doing uh, doing a really good job at that time, and they played Bravo in the league and Testegen in the Champions League. So would that be a really uh, that be a good idea to do, implement at United as well next season with Henderson and De Gea, you know, participating in different competitions? It does make sense in on in paper, but then it depends on how far uh, United go in the cup competitions because. You don't want to keep a playing maybe 10 or 12 games a season and then just keeping him on the bench for the rest of it as he plays second fiddle to the first choice. So, you know, it's a bit of a risky move because, you know, United being so inconsistent, I'm sure uh, Henderson would want some assurances that he will get enough playing time even if they go out of the cup competitions early. So I, I don't think that it would... I want Henderson to be the first choice eventually, but I don't think next season will be the one where he actually, you know, gets that place. I think he's going to go out on loan one more time and then there will be something in a contract in his contract where uh, he's assured of a first team place in the season after that in 2022 or 20, 2022, right? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. That would be the case, I feel. I just hope he comes back to Sheffield United. <laughs> they are sort of my adopted second team now. <laughs> Absolutely. They've been having a wonderful uh, season. They've been having and Sanderberg is one of my, you know, what what would you say? Like Ashun Raman pops up, Adama Traore. <laughs> for me, for me, Sanderberg is the guy. So yeah, they've been excellent. And so there's a similar situation with uh, at Bayern Munich as well with Nobel and uh, Manuel Neuer probably next season. So yeah. And so that is probably that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for you know coming on to the show and sharing your opinions and experiences really really uh, a pleasure having you on the show so thank you so much no and problem thank thanks you for, for having us yeah and thank all the best and uh, wish you guys you know a safe uh, a safe life and you'll probably stay safe as well probably stay home and stay safe so yes, that's a message we, we, yeah that's a message we ought to be giving to the entire world right now so thank you once again guys and thank you to all our listeners as well for tuning into this episode until the next episode goodbye thank you thank you